um, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> don't talk to me. I'm super moody and broody. Oh my God. That was the thing though. That <laughs> was the thing. Where you had to be like as moody as possible. Otherwise you didn't fit in. Welcome to the Devil's Margarita. I'm Ali. And I'm Amanda. And today I'm going to be talking about a case that I think you know. Ooh, okay. It's about a girl or the murder of Carly Ryan. Carly Ryan? Mm, it was back in 2007 and it's a case from South Australia. Is this the one that um, ended up creating Carly's Law? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. I know exactly the one you're talking about now. Okay, good. So as I was doing my research, so the reason why I ended up doing this case was last night I had a dream. You had a dream. I had a dream and it wasn't a good dream. I was going to say, anything that leads to an episode of this podcast, I I, I fear for that dream. Right, it was not a good dream. (laughs) It was basically, to put it in a nutshell, it was very similar to what had happened to Carly. And oh. I woke up this morning and I was just like, I had all of my notes for the episode ready because I was doing a different case. And then I opened up my computer just to go over my notes. I don't know why, but it just kind of an old newspaper thing popped up on my screen. And I was like, oh, and it talked about Carly Ryan. And I was like, well, all right, it's a sign. <laughs> my subconscious is telling me that I have to do this. Right. It was like, you need to do this. <laughs> I think the thing before we get into like the details and stuff, I think the thing about this case is that this could have been me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I did the same things that she was doing. That's why it's so scary is because this could have happened to anyone around that time. I mean, it could still happen now. I think Mm. people are a bit more savvy towards what you're going to talk about. But yeah, freaks me out totally could have happened to me yeah just lucky it didn't I think absolutely I mean there's so many things in this case as I was writing my notes for it I was like holy crap I have been in this position I have done these things and it we'll talk about it later on but Carly even and her mother Sonia were very very safe they did everything Mm. like textbook in terms of safety and they did things that I didn't do when I was younger and I am here. So the fact that it could have happened to Carly is, it blows my mind. And it's, it, yes, it, it, it hits so close to home because there's so many similarities between my teen life when I look back and yeah. what was going on with Carly. So, yeah, absolutely. Same here. And like, I, yeah, especially at that time period, for sure. Mm, absolutely. Also, as I was doing research for this case, um, I was like, triggered to not a bad triggered but I was looking up like my old computer which was a compact presario I have one of those right and like my old like my very first webcam I remember was like a logitech I think it was like a quick cam but I was trying to explain it to Cuggles my partner and it came on this like triangle base and it had like a little knob on it (laughs) which is the best way I'm trying to remember mine mine was like I think it had that triangle base as well. I think that was the thing back then. Yeah. Um, and it was like white and green, I want to say. Yeah. But I can't remember what brand it was. Oh, it brought back so many memories. It's so insane. I guess if, you, if you're here for the nostalgia, this is a good one. 100%. We're going to be talking yeah. about MySpace. Yeah. Oh, my God. I still miss MySpace. Same. I don't want to let it go, even though it's gone. I'm not ready to let it go. No. <laughs> 
Good times. Okay, so I'll jump into the case. So Carly Ryan, I want to start out, is thought to be the first person in Australia to be murdered by an online predator, which blows my mind that Mm. this is so recent and it just kind of reaffirms the fact that the internet is still very, very new. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, like, laws, like, even not about, like, predatory things, I think even, like, other stuff like copyright and, like, money and all that kind of stuff have no idea how to deal with the internet. Mm, well, it's I crazy. Mean, like, for people who are in our age bracket, we were the guinea pigs. Uh-huh. You know, the internet had only just become mainstream, well, like, when I was a young teenager. Um uh, maybe I had it a little bit earlier before it was like really mainstream. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the early, like late nineties to early two thousands when like everyone started to get the internet Yeah, and no one knew how to deal with it or like what we should and shouldn't be doing or saying like, yeah, we were the guinea pigs. We were the ones that got to finger all this stuff. <laughs> right. Like it wasn't commonplace or common knowledge <sighs> that people were catfishing and it wasn't commonplace no. that there would be predators around. Like, you know, predators were the guys that went around in white vans asking kids yeah. to if they wanted candy. And so some dude that you think you're talking to on ICQ, you know? Right. It's, oh my God, ICQ. <laughs> And it also, this case brought back, like, nostalgia for my compact Presario, my very first, like, mobile phone. Um, oh, man. That my big space. Motorola I had. Right. Nokia 3310. <laughs> oh, I had one of those, too. That was so good. Um, oh, what else? MSN. It just, oh, MSN. All of this came flooding <sighs> back. <laughs> my teenage life. Oh, my uh, God. Right. I feel like. I miss it and I'm like, I'm so nostalgic about it, but I would never want to go back to me at that age. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. That was, that was a nightmare. (laughs) Oh, it was a bad time. I forgot to ask, what are you drinking? Oh, I've just got a, I feel like I said this like the last three times. I've just got a rum and coke. That's just a classic though. I love it. And I don't want to drink other things because I love it. Well, if you drink other things, don't drink them (laughs) exactly but i'm thinking like you know for when like we have maybe when we have like oh i was gonna say 18th but that's not the legal drinking age everywhere maybe for our 21st episode we'll like make actual margaritas Mm, okay i'm down yeah okay that's the plan the reason why i tell you not to drink new drinks is because i'm trying a white claw and i've been trying a white claw for the last week and a half because i saw them all over tiktok uh not good don't Mm. like it (laughs) So, yeah, how many did you buy? Well, I can only buy them in four packs. So I bought two four packs. I had the mango because I fucking love mango. And I bought the natural lime, both of which are shit. Okay, well, I'm not going to buy them then. For me, they're just too seltzery. But I don't know. I just, it's not for me. (laughs) Okay, well, definitely don't buy them again. And don't let TikTok tell you what to drink. (laughs) I really feel like for this episode, since I was going so nostalgic, I should have had, like, you know, the Smirnoff Double Blacks. Oh, hell yeah. Like, the Lemon Ruskies or the West Coast Cooler. I think a West Coast Cooler was the second thing I ever had to drink. And West Coast Cooler was the first drink. And I remember because, like, we used to go to family Christmases. I'm going off on a tangent. Whatever. It's It's fine. It's nostalgia hour. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I like we used to go to family Christmases, and I was little, like I was single digits, and like my parents would give me a sip of a West Coast cooler, and I was like, 
I'm having a drink, bitch. <laughs> Even though they're weak as shit to begin with. <laughs> they're so weak. They're so bad. <laughs> but they're so good. I've got to be honest with you, though. I would still drink a West Coast Cooler. They are tasty. Oh, hell yeah. It's just like drinking <laughs> fizzy drink. No, it truly is. Just like a fruity fizzy drink. 100%. Like, there is a no alcohol in it. <laughs> you could almost sell this on the shelf with, like, the alcoholless. Uh, like grape juice that's parading mm. as wine. Yeah. I mean, uh, what was it? Well, when did we do it? I can't remember for what reason, but CJ had never had a UDL. Oh, no. So I had to buy some so he could <laughs> try them. And honestly, they're not that bad. Like, I hate to say it because, I mean, I, I don't know if they have them in other countries, but UDLs are just a really cheap uh, vodka mixer. Like a cruiser. Like a cruiser, yeah. They're really not that bad. <laughs> Right. I don't even think they cruises literally are just that taste bad. like lemonade. Like, like everyone shits on vodka cruises because, like, I mean, that's what we drank when we were underage. Well, yeah, because it did just taste like lemonade. Exactly, that was so easy. I th- I feel like I'm stuck in that mindset where if I'm going to drink an alcoholic beverage, it needs to not taste like alcohol. Yeah, um, and I'm stuck there, and I don't know how to get out. Someone, <laughs> please send help. <laughs> but I mean, if you enjoy it, why change it? Right. I feel like I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. If I want to drink a shitty drink that I probably drank when I was a teenager because it tastes good, don't judge me. (laughs) Welcome to your 30s where you stop giving a fuck. Hell yeah. I'm going to be that bitch with like (laughs) my West Coast in one hand, my UDL in the other. It's going to be glorious. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm, I'm so down. Ne- oh. Next time I'm in, in Sydney, let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, all right. So bringing it back. Um, yeah, sorry. We actually <laughs> are here to talk about a true crime case, just in case anyone <laughs> forgot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Carly Ryan was born on the 26th of January, 1992. She was born to a single mother, Sonia Ryan, and they lived in the small town of Stirling in South Australia. Sonia had Carly at the tender age of 20, but she absolutely loved being a mother. Um, she loved Carly and her whole world revolved around being a great mother to her children. She's extremely close to her kids, especially since she was a single mother, but Carly and Sonia developed a really, really close bond. Carly was described as being compassionate, very loving, very sensitive, just an overall sweetheart. When Carly would walk into the room, she was the type of girl who would just light up the whole room and people would naturally gravitate towards her. I walk into the room and I feel instantly like I just bring clouds. <laughs> I mean, I did just say to someone today that I felt like Daria and I mm. connect on a spiritual level. So Daria. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I miss that I show. mean, talking about nostalgia, Daria, there's a good one. I tell you, today is nostalgia hour, 100%. <laughs> Fast forward to Carly's teen years. Carly was into the emo scene. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So was I. <laughs> she would spend a bit of time on MySpace and VampireFreaks.com, which... Oh, my God. Vampire Freaks? I totally forgot about that. Right? It hits so oh, close to man. home because I spent so much time on MySpace and even Vampire Freaks. Like, Same. That's where I lived. I, I read that bit and I was like, oh, my God, me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, I do want to be transparent, though, because uh, there are a lot of reports that say that Carly was on VampireFreaks.com, but there was also a couple of reports that I saw that said that that was false. So I don't know I don't 100%. know. If you're an emo in that time, you were probably on Vampire Freaks. <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't change the story in any way. 
I mean, I'm not saying that she was. I'm just saying that I, I would believe it if she were. Same. I almost, like, expect that she would have been because, like, yeah. aside from, like, MySpace was the mainstream thing. And then, oh, yeah. you know, like, the whole emo scene really hit into the vampire freaks. Oh, so I wonder I, if I can go back and find my profile now. I need to know. I I'm, this is going to sound incredibly redundant, but I have had conversations uh, with colleagues and whatnot that weren't around for the MySpace era. But for those that don't remember or weren't around for the MySpace era, yeah. MySpace was pretty much the largest social networking site between 2005 and 2008. So It was kind of like the first one, like the first big yeah. one. There yeah, other smaller ones like Bebo and like other sort Friendster. of stuff like that. Yeah, but like MySpace was the one that – Everyone, everyone had, was on. Everyone yeah. had a MySpace page and everyone was arguing and being passive aggressive to be on everybody's top eight. Oh my eight. god, do you remember like um like the things they were kind of like stories in a way? Um you could kind of compare them to Instagram stories, but you'd do like um like facts about yourself. What were they mm-hmm. called? Fuck, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, where you were like currently blah 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 blah, currently yeah. blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Far out. <laughs> I miss MySpace. Honestly, I'm still friends with a couple of people that I met on MySpace. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we've ever met in real life, but I still like talk to them. <laughs> it was MySpace was just great because I feel like, you know, Facebook came along afterwards and mm. Facebook's for like people you know. Whereas, like, MySpace was to meet people you don't know. Well, that's it. Like, you would get friend requests from, like, all over the world. And, yeah. I mean, saying that now doesn't sound like a big deal. But back but it was then, back then. Yeah, like, you didn't have friends that were in America or in England yeah. if you were in Australia. Like, you just – that wasn't a thing. And then suddenly this social media – uh, or this social networking site popped up and you could connect with people. And I remember telling people yeah. – that I lived in Australia and they were like just mind blown. Do you ride a kangaroo to school? Yeah. Like just it was insane. Oh. It was the wild, wild west. Like it, it was so good. I mean, I'm sure I had plenty of arguments on there, but it was so good. Like the memories I have. Like 100%. I really do feel nostalgic for it. Did you ever meet up with anyone from MySpace? Oh yeah. Same. I remember getting friend requests and then like you'd literally <laughs> chat for a little bit and then you just meet up at some random yeah. time. And because you were, like, you know, in your teens, you'd sit at the park awkwardly brushing your side fringe out of the way. <laughs> Absolutely. And Not it wouldn't because anything. you just, like, freshly straightened it. So it would only sit in one way. Right. 100%. Uh, and there was a lot of hairspray to keep it oh, from yeah. staying, st- like, from keep to keep it from moving. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> um, but also, for those that ha- weren't around for that era, Vampire Freaks was a social networking site as well, which began in 1999, and it was just MySpace, but smaller, but more towards the goth and alternative scene. Yeah, it was definitely, like, a more alternative thing. There wasn't as anywhere near as many people on Vampire Freaks. Mm. I remember just so many of these websites that I was on way back when and Mm. I came from a really small town as well and just the amount of people (laughs) that would find my profile and be like um like what are you doing and I'd be like (laughs) don't talk to me I'm super moody and broody oh my god that was the thing though that (laughs) was the thing where you had to be like as moody as possible otherwise you Uh didn't fit in 100% absolutely (laughs) 
Um, Honestly, I miss it. (laughs) Going back to Carly, though, she was spending a lot of time on these websites, as you did at that age. And I I did notice, though, in an interview, Sonia mentioned that the computer, which was the family computer, which is probably hard for some people to wrap their minds around now. um, So theirs was in the kitchen, and she would check up on Carly from time to time. And I guess now it's so strange to think of a family computer because it's so accessible now. You have a computer in your pocket at all times now. Exactly. But back then. (laughs) Back then, that was not the case. You had like one computer in the house. Yeah, exactly. And like it would be in a communal area. Like I think mine was in like the rumpus room or something like that. Um, I got got lucky because I grew up with my grandparents and they didn't know what a computer was. So I did get to have it in my room. But that didn't make it any more just mine, to be honest. Yeah, like, God, shout outs to the Compact Presario Windows XP. <laughs> oh my God, I miss it. Okay, I'm old enough that I remember when you had to launch Windows, it didn't just open up. You had to launch Windows through DOS. Okay, yes. so. <laughs> oh my um, God, that is a I'm blast from DOS. <laughs> So right now it is so easy. Like literally as I'm talking to you guys right Mm. now, I could open up Steam, run any game that I wanted to. Way, way, way back when, (laughs) I think my very, very first computer, we had to take out five floppy disks. Oh, yeah. Put the first one in, run MS-DOS, wait for Mm -hmm. that to load. Then when it told you, you could put in the next one and you'd have to tell (laughs) that to run. But if you got to the third disk and fucked up, the run sequence sorry start again have to start again too bad (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's so weird because like i'm saying like oh fuck i'm so old but this was not that long ago it really wasn't (laughs) and now we have a phone that is essentially like way more powerful than any computer i had as a kid right it's it's just in your pocket it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) this is such a blast from the past it really is In 2006, when Carly was around 14, she connected with a guy by the username Corrupt Koala on MySpace. Oh my god, did he have X's <laughs> in his name? Because Probably. <laughs> Everyone did. Everyone did. He was also friends with some of her friends and they started chatting and she soon learned that his name was Brandon Kane. He was an 18-year-old guitarist from Melbourne and they hit it off instantly and just started chatting all the time and soon enough they found themselves to be in a relationship or what I would have known it as an e-relationship. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely had uh, plenty of internet boyfriends. You just, it's just something <laughs> that you did. It was something you had. Yeah, because most of the time you're talking to people that weren't anywhere near you, j- mm. just like them. Um, I think my first one was in America, to be honest. So Same. there's definitely no way that we we're going to ever meet. The weird thing is, is I still remember my first e-boyfriend. Same. I keep looking for him on Facebook and he doesn't come up and I'm really irritated about it. Well, we still talk to this day. Shout, out to, shout out to James. How going? <laughs> um, yeah, like we still talk and oh man, just thinking about how annoying I would have been back then. Like I'm annoying <laughs> now, but I have a little bit of self-control. So thinking about how annoying I would have been back then. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Brendan was 18 and from what I could piece together, he was born in Texas. However, in his later years, he had moved to Melbourne to live with his adoptive father, Shane. He was into the same music as Carly. He understood exactly where she was coming from when they spoke and he would give her life advice from time to time. And at the end of the day, he was like this sexy kind of older musician, which... 
I mean, yeah, yeah I, I get it. You know. <laughs> I, I totally get it. So Brandon would tell Carly that she was so beautiful and he would really pump her up and give her all of this attention and tell her how wonderful and how beautiful and how special she was. And I don't know, at 14, 15, that just would have been amazing to have, oh, to have yeah. heard. And it would have felt like a fairy tale romance. Carly and Brandon would talk all the time and they'd talk about what their lives would be like when they were together in the future and they would talk about meeting up as normally you do. So since Carly and her mother were so close, she would confide in, so- confide in Sonia and she gushed about this boy that she had met online and how sweet he was and she would mention Brandon and how their friendship and relationship was growing and Sonia really didn't think too much of it. She would still keep an eye on Carly, but I think that the two of them shared such a bond that Sonia had a lot of trust in Carly and Carly wasn't keeping this a secret from her mom, so she didn't really worry yeah, I, I can totally get that. And I, again, it's one of those things where the internet and like communicating with people over the internet was such a new thing that at the time, I don't think anyone was really that worried about it. Yeah, it was just some weird things that teenagers were doing at the time. Exactly. And if her mum was fully aware of the situation and what was happening, why would she worry? It's just her chatting, like literally chatting, nothing else to some boy that lives a state away. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the whole relationship was was new, but it was like Carly was happy about it and she was telling her mum about it. And because she was telling her mum and it was on the internet, Brandon was like a state away. Mm. Why would that bring any um, bring any alarm bells? And like I'm going to bring it back to the time period. At that time, it was even hard to send someone a photo if you didn't have a webcam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like absolutely. you know, d- try not to think about it in the way that you would do it now, where you just flip out your phone and you'd be able to talk to that person whenever you want. This wasn't like that. Like you had mm. to organize times to be online at the same time. Like it was, it was very, very different. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. I think. See, my whole timeline is so faded and muddled, but like <laughs> there were digital cameras, and that was a thing. But you would that still, was a thing. you would still have to connect the camera. And you would still have to upload those photos and then you would still have to either host those photos to send out or you would have to wait until that person was online. Like it wasn't just like, hey, I sent this in a text message, like, you know, get it when you get it. It was like this has to happen right now and everything, the stars have to have aligned. Yeah, like seriously, it was – and that's the other thing is that digital cameras weren't that popular either so Mm. it was not commonplace to have them. Yeah, um, this was like well before that. Yeah. I, I can remember the first time that I sent a photo to someone. I begged my grandparents to buy me a scanner. Exactly. Because yes. I use a disposable camera. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. But another thing as to why uh, Sonia didn't have like any qualms about it was she actually seen Brandon online typing away to her daughter. Like they would do video yeah. chats. And Back then, you would have a webcam, as we mentioned, and yeah. I think a majority of them didn't have microphones at that point. So you would no. literally, it would just be you sitting there typing away. Yeah. And Brandon had a webcam and he was typing away. And, you know, she saw this 18 year old guy typing to a daughter. So why was that? You know, it wasn't an unknown person at that point. Like he mm. had a face. Oh, man, memories. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
In January of 2007, Carly was going to be celebrating her 15th birthday and she invited Brandon to come over and join the party. But unfortunately, the timing was just off because Brandon was going to be going back to the US at the time and he wouldn't be able to make it. So Carly was absolutely devastated by this. But Brandon knew that his father, Shane, would be passing through South South Australia for work and he asked his dad to drop off a birthday present on his way through. I do want to note, though, like, so this doesn't sound completely weird and out of the blue, Carly had had some interaction with Shane previously. Um, I think they might have talked on the phone from occasion to occasion, so she knew and she had spoken with Shane and knew that that was his dad. It kind of sounds like both of their families were involved. Yeah, very much so. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, like I think at the time especially too, you were coming out of this era where everyone was connected in a, a very different way. Mm. Where, you know, like you wrote letters to people that were far away or you had phone conversations with those people. Whereas now it's like, I'll just shoot him a text and it's all very private. Yeah. Brendan asked if it would be okay if Shane, while Shane was coming through, if he could drop off the present. And Carly didn't feel unnerved by it because she knew Shane. So she asked her mum if this was going to be okay. And Sonia was a little bit wary at this point, as I think, you know, any parent would be having the parent of someone else's child <laughs> come over. Um, I do think that there's sort of a thing, like, I don't know if I would have been worried about that. Like it's someone's dad. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like it kind of in a weird way feels safe. Exactly. But Sonia did speak to Shane on the phone beforehand. And, you know, Mm. he just seemed to be this average guy, this average dad. And, you know, he told Sonia that he was an ex-military and he currently worked in security, that he would just be passing through. And, you know, it meant a lot to Brandon if he could drop off this present. And Sonia then agreed that Shane could come to the birthday party, but Sonia did want to play it safe. And she decided that it would be safer to meet Shane in a public place. And, you know, he agreed to it. Anya, honestly. Yeah, Sonia, 10 out of 10 for being safe. Yeah. Shane set off on his travels and made his way to Stirling, South Australia, a few days before the birthday party. Sonia did meet up with him in the main street of town, and when they met up, uh, Shane was wearing his security uniform, and Sonia, being the safe mama bear that she is, also asked for Shane, like Shane's ID, Mm -hmm. and he produced a security card license. 10 out of 10, Sonia, for being Yeah, no, so switched on, like, especially for the time. Right? Like, none of this I would have done. None of this I would have even thought of. At this point, Shane seems like a decent guy. He's agreed to meet up with Carly's mum, came straight from his security job, still wearing the uniform. Everything Mm. seems to check out. So Sonia invites him back to the house and invites him to stay um, in the lead up to the party. In the days leading up to the party, Shane took Carly to the shopping mall and bought her lots of gifts, which... This is where it starts getting a little bit weird to me. I was just about to say that should be a red flag. (laughs) Right. On one hand, yeah, on one hand, it's her birthday, but on the other hand, it's her boyfriend's dad. Like, I can't imagine Kuggle's dad taking me out shopping and buying me all this stuff when I first started dating her, you know? (laughs) Especially, um, she's never met her boyfriend. It just, it seems bizarre. Yeah. Shane bought Carly some shoes and some bags, but apparently he also bought her some fancy dress costumes and underwear. Now, I don't know if this is completely confirmed on whether it was like 
underwear underwear but i also read that it was a corset which oh well that's not as bad yeah as if it was underwear as in panties and bras that's really weird but if it's a corset i don't know it's part of the fashion like yeah like she's into the emo scene and corsets played a huge part in my early 2000s wardrobe absolutely but all in all shane spent around 400 dollars on carly that's a lot of money it is a lot of money Finally, the day of Carly's birthday party came and things went ahead as normal. Shane introduced himself to the rest of Carly's family and friends as Brandon's dad and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. He didn't sit very close to her or try to encroach on Carly's space. He just kind of hung back and did what, I guess, new family friends do at this point. You know, I have to wonder what her friends thought, because uh, the, the whole thing of how they met was that they met because Brandon knew her friends. So I'm like, if those friends were at the party... What were they thinking? I don't know. See, I suppose that Carly would have been like, oh, yeah, that's Brandon's dad. Like, you guys know Brandon. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't they have been like, why is he here and not Brandon? I don't know. Like, 14 going on 15? I don't know how many questions I would have asked. Like, True. I'm- that's a good point. I'm thinking with my adult brain. <laughs> exactly. And I think Carly would have been like and told the whole story about how Brandon was overseas and blah, blah, blah. He just mm. wanted to make sure that Carly got this present. And I, I don't know, I feel like back then I would have been like, oh, that's really cool. That's like really sweet of Brennan to do that. Yeah. Shane was fine for most of the day, but the charade just, it couldn't last all day. As the party went on, Shane started acting a little odd. Carly was talking to her ex-boyfriend at one point, And later Shane pulled Carly aside and said that he had spoken to Brandon on the phone. And Brandon was not very impressed that Carly was speaking to her ex or just not impressed with the way that she was behaving. And this really upset Carly. She said that she was really sorry and she wouldn't speak to her ex from now on. Okay. I have so many issues with all of that. Uh, One, overseas phone calls were a big deal back then. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like now. It's not like now at all. I remember having to get go to Woolies and asking for like a calling card. And you right. have to call the calling card. You would have a certain amount of minutes depending on where you were calling. Right. <laughs> but it was an ordeal. So I'm like, what phone was he using to call you know, overseas to the States? Mm. And it wasn't even like you could just text. Like nowadays. No, you could not text. That was you, not a thing. You could just iMessage, but that wasn't a thing back then. I mean, it was, but you would pay a horrendous amount of money oh, yeah. to even text overseas. Mm. Um, so I questioned that to begin with. Mm. Uh, it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Other people at the party, though, also noted Shane started acting a little bit creepy and they just got weird vibes from him. One person even said that they heard Shane tell Carly that he loved her, that he wouldn't let anything happen to her, and that she was beautiful. <sighs> I don't think Carly thought too much of it, though, because she was so focused on making a good impression on her boyfriend's dad and she just really wanted to make sure that Shane was happy so that he would tell Brandon mm. what an amazing time that he had and how great of a girl Carly was that I think Brandon was just such a focus yeah I also want to mention that the presence that Brandon got Shane to deliver I don't know how accurate this is but apparently it was lingerie and a nurse's outfit Okay, I look, I, I know that, like, you know, 15-year-old dudes were, you know, thinking about sex, like, constantly, but I still feel like that's a really bold gift. Well, Brendan's apparently 18, so I'm assuming oh, right. that okay. he knows what's going on. 
But I still feel like that is a bold gift. Especially when your girlfriend's under the age of consent. Mm-hmm. I get that at 18, you're probably not that responsible or whatever, but you would still understand that you wouldn't legally be allowed to have sex with her, right? Right. And knowing that Carly and Sonia were so close. Right. And this is a birthday gift. It's being bought to the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doesn't really add up. For her birthday party. Can you imagine? Opening that in front of your mother? How embarrassing. Oh, my God. My mum would have had a coronary. Oh, yes. Same. <laughs> I would have never been allowed to talk to him ever again. Right? It would have been done. I would have, my mum yeah. literally would have snipped the, f- like, the phone cord. Yes. <laughs> I would have <laughs> never have been allowed online again. Uh-uh. No way. After the party, Sonia noticed that from time to time, Shane would be looking Carly up and down from head to toe, and Ugh. this just sent a shiver down her spine. Sonia described it as her mother's instinct kicking in to tell her that something was horribly wrong, and mm. Sonia told Shane to get the fuck out of the house, you fucking <sighs> weirdo, and Hell don't yeah, contact Sonia. her daughter ever again. I don't think she said it quite like that, but I would like to think that, because, I mean, Sonia's a yeah. badass motherfucker. Like, I hope that she said, get yeah. the fuck out of my house, you fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> but Shane oh, huffed so. and puffed and was instantly angered by this, but he grabbed his shit and he stormed out. Carly was upset at this point and she was crying and begging her mum to sort things out with Brandon's dad. And I guess in Carly's mind, she probably was thinking that her mum and Brandon's dad are having this argument and she's probably never going to get to see Brandon now because of it all. Yeah. So Sonia tried to explain that something just wasn't right about the whole situation. Something was just incredibly off. And after talking it out, it seems as though Carly just got it and it clicked and she just said, okay. And that was it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, th- I think if that had happened to me at that age, I would not have accepted it. Mm. Like I wouldn't have been able to. So it makes me think like, did she just say it? Yeah, like, exactly. Did she just like, oh yeah, I get it. Like I just don't want to have this conversation anymore. You know. Exactly. Exactly. After the incident, Sonia asked Carly if Shane had ever been inappropriate with Carly. And I this is all alleged. I don't know 100%. I'm assuming that it's true because I've got like some quotes that I'm going to give you. But reluctantly, Carly revealed that Shane had unbuckled her pants, lifted her shirt up and felt her up. <sighs> but Carly at this point was so upset and so worried about how it would affect her relationship with Brandon that she begged her mum to talk things through with Shane because he was Brandon's dad. The adult in me is like, what the fuck? But then yeah. I think back to what I was like back then. And uh, I'm like, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah, it, it does. Like, I, oh, I mean, I would have been the same. <laughs> totally yeah. would have been. <gasps> Sonia, being the badass that she is, decided to write him an email telling him to absolutely stay away from her daughter or else she'd go back to the police and tell them exactly what the fuck you did because you're a mm. sick fuck. Again, I don't think she said that, but I would like to assume that she did. <laughs> she probably didn't say those exact words, but it seems like it would have been along the same lines. Yeah, well, once Shane arrived back in Victoria, he wrote back to Sonia uh, saying, quote, Bitch, that email was full of lies and hearsay. I'm disgusted that someone of reasonable intelligence like you could believe such crap. The things you called me were totally defaming. I sincerely hope you have insurance against lawsuits. You will Ugh. need it. I will go to court as a decorated SAS officer while you will go in as a child-abusing bitch. Anyone who's that defensive is guilty. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Shane. 
After that, Sonia tried to cut contact between Carly and Shane. She restricted her internet activity and her mobile phone usage for a while just to give some distance between Carly and Shane and to make sure that Mm. creepy old Shane wasn't trying to get back in contact with her. But at this point, Brandon and Carly still had contact through the home phone. And while Sonia was at work or any moment Carly was able to, she would call Brandon and they'd chat. And that just rings just so nostalgic to me. Yeah, same. On the 19th of February, 20, 2007, I was literally going into like 20 mode, like 2018, yeah. 2017. What used to now. But no, 2007, Brenda made plans with Carly to meet up. Carly told her mum that she was going to meet her friends in the city and stay at a friend's place, um, something that I think most teens did back then and still oh, yeah. do now. Yeah, for sure. She said that she was going to jump on a bus and go meet her friends and just hang out. <sighs> this part breaks my heart. Mm. This is where it starts to get rough. Sonia recalled that around 4 p.m. she gave her mum, or Carly gave her mum around four big hugs at the front door. As she skipped off the veranda, she called out, love you, mum, and was on her way. And those were the last words she ever said to her mum. I've got goosebumps. Thanks, I, I hate it. In the Studio 10 interview I watched um, on YouTube, I'll link it in the the notes and on the website the interviewer asked if she could still hear those words and in a heartbeat mm. Sonia said yep and oh my god it's breaking my heart all over again <laughs> yeah no like this it's just it's one of those things where you know you might you might think to yourself oh this is like easy avoidable but it wasn't because she did all the right things mm. and it's still that's it sucked for her yeah. like do you know what I mean that is so underplaying it by the way there was yeah, I can't so imagine. many precautions taken from mm. Sonia that it's it's heartbreaking because I know how little I cared about that. That was not in the forefront of my mind. And oh, yeah. Sonia was on it. And yeah. here we are talking about this and it's just going downhill. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel for her so much because she tried so hard to protect her. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Carly was a good kid. She had no reason to not trust her. Exactly. In the Studio 10 interview, she also said, how lucky am I that it wasn't an argument or that I wasn't telling her Mm. off about something? Four hugs, a skip off the veranda, and I love you, mum. Little did I know those would be the last words that I'd ever hear from my daughter. (sighs) That is one way to look at it, too, because, like, you hear so many of these stories and the last words are in in anger or in an Mm. argument and... Oh, especially between, like, a teenager and their mum. Like. Absolutely. In the early hours of the next morning, around 6am at Port Elliot, which is about 75 to 80 k's south of Stirling, a body was spotted in the waters of the beach. Kim Griffin noticed the body, called out for help. In a nearby car park, she found fisherman Ian Slade, and together they helped get the body out of the water and checked for a pulse, but it was too late. The body was soon identified as Carly Ryan. Forensic pathologists would conclude that Carly had been attacked from behind, pushed face first into the sand and smothered, and she may have died just half an hour before Kim Griffin had found her. She, I didn't know it was that soon. Fuck. Yeah. Investigators located CCTV footage that showed Carly in Port Elliot on the 19th of February with two men and was last seen alive at the beach at 9.30pm. The autopsy showed 19 different injuries with between 6 to 8 of the injuries being blows to the head. The cause of death was a combination of facial trauma, smothering and drowning. The autopsy also revealed cannabinoids in her blood and beach sand in her esophagus. Carly was found with her tracksuit pants inside out, 
her bra was on correctly at the front, but at the back it it was like a double clasp, and yeah, only okay. the lower clasp was attached. Mm, okay. The nature of her clothing would later become a very vital clue. Well, because it really sounds like someone put her clothes back on, but in not a good way. Mm-hmm. I saw a uh, newspaper clip asking if people had found her clothes, and what I just described to you that she was wearing, like a tracksuit, was not what she was wearing <laughs> when she left. Fucking hell, okay. She was wearing, like, a leopard print dress and, you know, like, some chunky platform shoes. That's not what she was found in. Ugh, okay. Carly didn't know, but it wasn't Brandon that she was meeting up with. It wasn't even Shane. It was 50-year-old predator Gary Francis Newman. Newman had posed online as Brandon, creating fake profiles to lure young girls in, and soon made up another character, Shane, Brandon's father. Newman had spent 18 months pretending to be Brandon and had over 200 fake profiles pretending to be younger men or teen boys in order to lure teen girls in. I also want to say that Sonia was asked during that interview with Studio 10 that I'll link um, that after the January meeting, if she still believed that Brandon was real. And Sonia said, quote, I still thought Brandon was real after Carly was found. Fuck. So that's how convincing it was. And I also want to go back. But remember when I told you that Sonia had seen Brandon typing away on video yeah. chat? So I, I'm assuming it was a looped video. Yeah, it was a looped yeah. video. And that blows my mind. I, I guess the thing is, because like the technology was so, I guess, basic back then, it wasn't hard to fake shit. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is awful. Yeah. Because w- people could fall for th- things like this so easily. It was the fucking Wild Wild West. So Newman wanted revenge. He wanted to lure Carly in after he had made some advances towards her, but she'd rejected him. And then, you know, he got kicked out of the house. So he, Mm. from that minute on, he just wanted revenge. He wanted to lure Carly in, but he knew that if he turned up as Shane, Carly just wouldn't go with him. So he needed a real life Brandon. Fuck. At first, Newman told his eldest son that he wanted to go on a holiday with him to Adelaide, but he later then let it slip that he wanted to fix up Carly. And his eldest son said, quote, he wanted me to help him while he was there, to help him kill her. I didn't know what to do. I was stumped. Not exactly how I would have felt stumped. No, I mean, if a family member had asked me to help them kill someone, I'd be like, bitch, no. Bye. Exactly. Not going. I'm sorry. I know, right? Like, I I feel like stumped would be the last thing that I would be yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's really not the way that I would describe my reaction to something like that. Newman's son soon moved out of the house after and just left him this abusive letter trying to persuade his father and, like, talk him out of hurting Carly. But he just left the picture. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if I'm like, why were you just feeling stumped at this point? Like, what had your father said to you previously that made you kind of not react in the way that I personally, like, would have reacted you know? I mean, obviously it's not the first time he's heard something like this. Right. Because clearly, well, clearly, well, his name was Gary, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly Gary had been working at this for a long time. Mm, absolutely. You know, if he had for, if he had fucking 200 fake profiles, this is clearly not his first rodeo. Right. Yeah. He's been doing this a while. Exactly. Well, since his son didn't want any part of the scheme, Newman turned to a 17-year-old boy that he knew who had spent most of his life in foster care. He'd known Newman for less than a month, but was invited to go to Adelaide. And this boy 
was going to be Brandon. So once the boy agreed, Newman poses Brandon and asks Carly to meet him in secret on February 19th, saying that Shane was giving him a ride, and since everything that had happened between Shane and Sonia, it was just best to keep it a secret. On another disgusting note, which is so reminiscent of our last episode, which if you haven't listened to, go listen to it now, because it is a doozy. Oh, it is. <laughs> but Newman sent a text to Sonia from Carly's phone, saying, Mum, mm. I'm okay, everything's good. <sighs> Fucking tosser. I hate this guy so much. As the investigations into Carly's death started, Newman and the boy returned to Victoria and he met up with his eldest son where he showed him his bruised knuckles and proceeded to tell him that he had punched Carly in the face, that he had killed her and that he had done the job. Why would, why would you tell someone that? Why would you not go to the police? I mean, there's also that. But also, why is this Gary guy so fucking dumb? Gary's just a big doo-doo head. But yeah, also, why did the son not go to the police is another question. Witnesses in Port Elliot and Horseshoe Bay told police that they had seen a tri- had seen the trio and also told police that they had seen a powder blue car parked on the cliffs that had a Victorian registration plates and also had a security pass inside. From there, detectives traced the plates and that led them right to Newman. If this is not a cliche, I don't know what is. They located the car parked outside of Newman's house that he shared with his mother. Oh, okay. The police noticed the security pass that was mentioned by the witnesses as well was still in the car. Police found Newman at his computer logged in as Brandon Kane. He was literally found while talking to a 14-year-old girl in Western Australia. Oh. Cunt. Oh my God. Yeah, like this guy is the absolute worst. What a fuckwit. Police seized his computer and found a plethora of online aliases aliases, vampire trivia, and child pornography. During the searches, they found that Newman had groomed a 14-year-old girl in the US in 2002 and 2003, which we kind of figured that he would have been doing this for a while. Yeah. He would refer to her as his princess and his wife. He also groomed another 14-year-old in Singapore while using the alias Nash and planned to meet her. However... She didn't show up, and that made Newman fly into a rage, and he would tell his online friends that she would pay for standing him up, and that he'd use a young guy to lure her out of her home, and that she'd end up looking like that packaged meat you get at Safeway. So this really wasn't a new idea for him? No, he had been working on this. Like, he'd been sitting on these feelings for a while. There's a part of me that's just, like, really happy that he's so fucking stupid. Right. (laughs) Because, I mean, he didn't hide himself very well at all. Exactly. Anyway, well, he was arrested and charged with the murder of Carly Ryan, along with a 17-year-old boy that he asked to pose as Brandon. During the the trial, the court banned all publications of their identities, which is why it is so hard for me to find info on the boy. I'll have more on that later. Okay. Newman instantly turned... On the Brandon poser, and I'm going to refer to him now of course. as the Brandon poser. He told detectives that he was the sole operator of the Brandon identity. In a recorded phone call while Newman was in remand, Newman told his son, quote, Just because the boy is a fucking liar, I won't be able to be with you again. I'm not saying he didn't have any involvement, but I didn't, truly. Oh, whatever. I'm telling you, mate, I did nothing to Carly. You've got to believe that, because I didn't do anything to her. If the cops try and make you a deal, tell them to fuck off. 
I'm being stitched up for the murder and dragged into the shit by the media. I don't know how I, yeah, I'm glad he's so stupid, but I, I'm like, how, how does he think that this is going to fly? Right. How? It was his car, his security pass. He's not even related to the boy. They barely know each other. They found him. I mean, yeah, and also that. But even if he didn't have that piece of evidence, it would be so clear that it was him. Right. What is wrong with him? I mean, obviously a lot, but pointing to this like to this (sighs) piece of shit yeah so while he was trying to blame the brandon poser he would randomly ask his cellmates if they had ever tried to put clothes on a dead weight he is so fucking stupid again once they found out all of that that would later link him to carly's tangled clothing of course unfortunately a lot of what we know now about the case wasn't made public instantly Essentially, Mm. the media was told that Carly's death was linked to her internet use and mainstream media fucking ran with it. I can only imagine. Yeah, they ran shitty narratives like vampire girl gone wrong and emo teen's fatal tryst with an older man. Like, they really, in the early days, they really spun it that this was on Carly. This wasn't on anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's totally her fault that she got murdered. Sure. Okay, way to fucking victim blame. It just reminds me of, like, just when my mum freaks out at a mouse. <laughs> you know? Like, they see something new and they're like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> but it also kind of reminds me, like, the whole media thing. Like, I know that, like, my grandmother still believes everything on, like, A Current Affair, which is a really dodgy um, mm-hmm. current affairs show in Australia. Terrible journalism. They spin it. Like, they're very biased. Let's just mm. say that. Um, like, but she still believes every word that's on that show. 100%. So you can only imagine what it was like back then. When yeah. all this was new, we, people didn't really have that much experience with it, and media was spinning this narrative that everyone was dangerous online, which yeah. wasn't true. And that was the main news source. Yeah. You know, other than exactly. your nightly news, like what newspapers said, that was that was the word. There was no Twitter headlines. No, absolutely you know? not. Like, it was, yes. it, it's hard to even for me to think back to then because I'm so used to the way it is now. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yes, it's weird. 965 days after Carly's murder, on October 20th, 2009, Newman and the Brandon Poser stood trial. Normally, I wouldn't cover a trial so in-depth as I have with this one, Mm. but Newman is such a dumb piece of shit that he does backflips trying to make shit, like, work and just reaches. So, I mean... (sighs) I'm not surprised because he's been so stupid up until this point and he's obviously a terrible person. He put those two things together and I can just see him dobbing himself in somehow. Well, Justice Trish Kelly declared all of the evidence of Newman's predatory behaviour in the past with girls inadmissible. And when I first read that, I was like, that's so fucking infuriating. But yeah. they really just wanted to keep the jo- the jury solely focused on all of the evidence relating directly to Carly. Okay. And you will see... <laughs> why that worked just the shit that he pulled with carly just works like it just doesn't need anything else no it really doesn't in january of 2010 newman took to the stand and insisted that neither he nor the brandon poser were murderers but offered to plead guilty to a lesser crime like manslaughter when he was asked why he said he was acting out of nobility saying the evidence was looking like one of us would be convicted I was going to be the sacrificial lamb and I was going to plead guilty so the boy could go home. If you weren't guilty, why would you be willing to go to jail for it? 
Right. Oh, doesn't make at, any sense. Look at this guy being so noble. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, no, <laughs> none of this makes sense. So please don't try to make it make sense because it won't. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. While on the stand, Newman also insisted that his interest in Carly was purely platonic. That he'd become like oh, fuck a, off. <laughs> that he'd become like a stepdad to her. Newman said, quote, did I have a romantic or sexual interest in her? Oh, no, not at all. I'm actually asexual, so I have a low oh, interest in sex oh. as a whole. <laughs> right? <laughs> Although the oxygen thief was literally found with child pornography. Oh, fuck off. Seriously, I, don't, I just I don't understand how he thought it was going to fly. I just I do not get it. Um, and just a message, and I feel like th- I'm quoting something here, but I can't remember what I'm quoting. No adult man is your friend Mm -mm. especially if you're a really young girl or woman no absolutely not 100 (sighs) percent agree on that like i how how old was he uh he was in his 50s okay yeah no man in his 50s is going to be friends like actual friends no he's a 15 year old no no sane 50 year old man seeks out the friendship of a 15 no actually a 14 year old Okay, I, like I think for me right now, like I'm like 20 years younger than that, right? Uh-huh. I could not imagine no. dealing with a 14 year old now. Absolutely not. Not to say the 14 year olds are bad, but it would be hard to deal with. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> exactly. This is why I've not had children. You know, like I, I can't imagine having anything in common with a 14 year old, apart from maybe TikTok. Right. <laughs> Newman also insisted that the Brandon poser was actually the Brandon poser and he was in a relationship with her, but neither of them had murdered Carly and he even tried to spin it that he had never used the Brandon Kane (sighs) alias, but he had posed as Shane. Although, again, the piece of shit was logged in as Brandon Kane when he was apprehended. Even if you disregard that, why would he pose as Shane if he had nothing to do with it? It's weird, right? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. I think, I think Gary's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Mm, I don't think so either. <laughs> Newman also later admitted to creating the Brandon Kane corrupt koala MySpace page, but tried to explain that it was under instructions from a friend in California. Oh, get fucked. Why? Couldn't, if it was a friend in California, why couldn't they just make their own? MySpace profiles weren't hard to make. Right. <laughs> it makes no sense. Oh, nothing of this, like nothing of his arguments makes sense. When confronted with the CCTV evidence, unsurprisingly, Newman had an explanation for that. And he said that the two teens were attending a party and after he and the Brandon Poser left Carly on the beach, he told the jury, this is where I've got a bit of a story for you. She was fine, but pretty stoned though. We found out three days after we got back that she had died and I knew I would be spoken to the police, but I didn't do a runner, did I? I love that he started that with, this is where I've got a bit of a story for you. So you literally running doesn't sound like you've done a runner. Right. (laughs) Oh, okay. Also, why were you and Brandon at a party in South Australia when you're from Victoria? Yeah, it literally makes no fucking sense. Newman, being the scum that he is, tried really hard to convince the jury that he wasn't ever posed as Brandon. That he tried to spin it that he was never posing as Brandon, but he did use fake profiles. And you're going to love this because 
When the 200 fake identities were brought up in court, he really tried to spin it in a way that it was just as like he was using it as a way to keep safe on the internet, that everyone uses fake profiles, experts recommend it for cybersecurity, and he even tried to spin the fake identities as research for a book about the internet, saying that it was going to be about how websites can be manipulated by people, including himself. Hang on, wait, all of that contradicts each other. Right. If he's trying to say it that, oh, well, experts agree that you should use fake profiles to protect your identity, then why would he be writing a book on how that's manipulative? Man. Like, yeah. like pick one narrative. Oh, but, you know, why have one narrative when, when you, you can, can have, have 50? All of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. During the trial, Newman told jurors that Carly's death had broken his heart, really tried to tug on their heartstrings. But the barrister that was representing the Brandon poser just jumped in and said, you found out that your daughter was dead and did not think to call her mother saying, this is just appalling, tragic news. I do not believe your big fat lies. I love it. Newman did try to argue, though, that he didn't have Sonia's number, but he tried to call Crime Stoppers instead with information about the case, which was proven to be false, of course. Oh, shit. And then complained that they were trying to make him seem like he was sick and perverted, quote, you're trying to make out like I'm some sort of predator, a sick predator. Yeah, because that's who you are. He fucking is. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's, why, that's why they're saying it. So I know that I'm covering a lot about the trial, but Newman is such a whiny fucking bitch. So <laughs> towards the end um, of the trial, apparently Newman's health deteriorated and he would sit shaking in the courtroom and it emerged that he was being held under suicide watch following a seizure in his cell after being called a liar, which I think is just utter bullshit. Like, fuck you. You are a liar. You're a piece of shit. I was going to say, as if he wasn't faking that shit. Come on. Absolutely. Like, you just got called liar and that was enough to break you? Like, fuck off, dude. Yeah, no. You're a piece of shit. (sighs) Um, the trial lasted three months and the jury deliberated for ten and a half hours. The jury paused during deliberation to ask Justice Kelly for assistance. They wanted to know if they could find one man guilty of murder and the other guilty of manslaughter. And while that technically was possible, the jury wasn't able to find the Brandon Poser guilty of manslaughter because the prosecutors hadn't charged him with it. So he was acquitted and returned to Victoria. I mean, look, I I definitely think that he had a role to play. Do I think he killed her? No. Just as a little side note, due to the South Australian law, his acquittal meant that the suppression order on both him and Newman couldn't be lifted. However, the advertiser, which is a South Australian newspaper, was convinced that the public had a right to see Carly's killer and mm. for Carly's killer to be named. So they just wanted to obliterate human's anonymity so they fought to have the suppression order revoked the order was lifted with the condition that the brandon poser would remain anonymous and essentially remove his presence in the coverage of the crime and the trial just to be stripped down to a bare minimum since he was acquitted yeah i mean that totally makes sense i mean if there's no um if he's not being found legally guilty of anything then you shouldn't be able to report on that like do you know what i mean Mm. makes sense Newman was found guilty of murder, though, and sentenced in March of 2010. He was ordered to serve a life sentence uh, with a non-parole period of 29 years. Justice Kelly, who was in charge of the sentencing, 
said, quote, Gary Newman deserves a life behind bars for his grossly perverted plan to deceive, seduce, and murder Carly. It was a terribly cruel thing you did to this beautiful, impressionable 15-year-old child. I say child because that's what she was. A child that fell in love with the idea of the handsome, musically inclined, and rather exotic Brendan Kane. The real man was in fact an overweight, balding, middle-aged pedophile with sex and murder on his mind. Hell yeah. Slay him. Tell it how it is. Right. I just love that this, like, justice person was like, you know what? Fuck you. You're overweight. You're balding. You're a fucking pedophile. Get fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I love how honest that is. Right. So wrapping this all up, in 2010, Sonia Ryan founded the Carly Ryan Foundation and uh, an app for personal safety called Thread. The Carly Ryan Foundation aims to create awareness and educate both parents and their children using the internet and internet safety. So since its foundation, Sonia spends a lot of her time educating teens at schools and parents about the dangers of being online rather than scaring teens or trying to deter them from being on the internet, which is at this point, absolutely impossible. Yeah, absolutely. The whole purpose of these talks and seminars is about trying to make kids and teens aware that their intended audience online may not be their actual audience and that not everyone has the right intentions online. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, when I was this age and, and like, sort of after this sort of thing happened and when people actually started to get scared Mm. of being online and who they were meeting – you know, my grandmother would go on all the time about like, you know, oh, you don't know who they are. They could be a freak, like all this other stuff. And I think it's really just like when you meet people in person. Yeah, um, You don't know who's a predator. You don't know who's trying to get to know you for, you know, reasons that you wouldn't want to happen. Absolutely. Um, and that I think, yeah, it's definitely you should treat all of that the same and be careful, yeah. you know, just be careful. Yeah. That's my message. <laughs> I think as well back then, like, you just, you didn't think about those things because, like, I mean, you were talking to a stranger. Like, you very rarely would you get to see the face of the person that you were talking to back then. So it was all just, like, kind of an illusion anyway, and it was just all very mystical. And so, like, being in the real world was just not a thought, and part of being in the real world is acknowledging that there are really shitty people out there and when you're 13 14 15 whatever on the internet that's not in the in the forefront of your mind absolutely not in june of 2017 carly's law came into effect which essentially makes it a crime for an adult to lie about their age to a child online in order to meet them in person and it carries a 10-year maximum prison term which i think is amazing like it's such a a step in the positive like in the positive direction because we just we didn't have any of these laws no <laughs> like, like we we didn't really have anything and there was no education on it either which obviously right. is what um the foundation was set up for at the time because there was none of that there was none of like you know there was no stranger danger on the internet right technology just moved so fast and it still seems to move so and evolve so quickly and the laws just don't uh that just they haven't caught up And I don't think they'll Mm. catch up. I think from here on out, like everything will just be reactive um, to what happens. But I think the attitude of like the general public, you know, the people who use the internet, um, Mm. it's a bit different. Like there's an entire TV show about catfishing. Come on. Absolutely. Like we're aware. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think there was just that weird time in between. Yeah. Where it was like so new that. 
yeah no one really thought about what the dangers were exactly like attitudes were like oh this is awesome we can talk to people you know, like mm. on the other side of the world like this is amazing yeah and exactly yeah the law was just like well no it doesn't exist yeah until some poor girl gets murdered exactly and it's such a tragic story like, it is it's awful like i i i'm so i'm so glad that he's in jail because he's obviously like the scum of society basically mm-hmm. um that he would and clearly she was not even remotely the first yeah absolutely uh he'd obviously been doing this for a very long time had obviously scammed countless other young girls it's just unfortunate for carly that she was probably the first one that he actually got to meet in person mm. that's it absolutely and it was really hard because as i was looking for images to go with, you know, our blog posts and stuff like that. Um, I was looking at, like, her photos and she just looked like the girl that you would have hung out with. Mm, yeah. She was so incredibly beautiful. It, I think it, it really sucks, which is severely underplaying it, but it really sucks because, you know, her mum and Carly tried to do everything right. Yeah. Like, they were careful. Right, and they were progressive. Yeah. Like, for the time, again, I can't reiterate how many times I have met people in my younger teen years off the internet. I didn't know who I was looking for. I didn't have any safety precautions, like, set up. I've got stories. Stories where I'm like, how did I not die or get kidnapped or, (laughs) like, something? I was exceptionally lucky. Yeah, and... Then on the other side, you've got somebody who was so proactive and just so safe, like safety conscious. And, you know, just this sick fuck Mm. ends up taking away a beautiful soul. It's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Fuck Gary. I fucking hate him. Yeah. Fuck you, Newman. You're a piece of shit. I really want to put him in the center of Australia, tell him to grow grass. (laughs) I've decided that's my punishment for these people. (laughs) For, for, for overseas listeners, that's impossible, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all red. It's all red yeah, desert. It's all red. <laughs> Nothing's growing there at no. all. No, it's it's just such a sad story. Like I, I have I have heard this one before, and because I remember it at the time. It was it was huge news. Um, and it's just it's it's just so sad, you know, that she didn't do anything wrong. Right. I, <laughs> I, and that's the thing, like, I'm sure in his mind it was all her fault because she rejected him. It's kind of like that typical, what we would call these days, a nice guy or incel behavior. Mm, absolutely. Where it's like, oh, you reject me? Well, fuck you. Um, yeah. Kind of attitude, except that obviously he's taken it to an extreme that no one ever should. Um, the asshole so is 50 years old. Like, you know better. You exactly. know better. While I was doing the research, up until, you know, where the crime took place... It was such a trip down memory lane. Just yeah, it was all fun and games before before then, right? Like uh. I can't remember actually. MSN, you used to be able to like webcam chat on chat on that, right? You could. That was the first one that you could. Like you MSN. could private message, and then you know you'd connect your webcam, turn it on, and your friend might turn it on. And then you just sit there and type in, what are you listening to? I know what are you listening to. <laughs> Do you remember like signing in and out a bunch of times so that your crush would like notice that you're there? Right. Get the uh, little ding <laughs> and the like bottom right hand corner notification. Yep, absolutely. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, I used ICQ quite a bit as well, but that did not have a video function at all. 
I used uh, Yahoo Messenger a lot. Oh my god. Sorry, I'd forgotten all about Yahoo. Yeah, and you could turn your webcam on and it would say like on your like friends list that so-and-so is like live and anyone on that, that friends list could just could like just, pop in. Yeah, click on it and yeah. they would instantly see you in a little pop-up. The time. What a time. They, they have been changing. I remember like back then I used to play a lot of um Yahoo Pool. Yes. And honestly, there were some creeps on there. As soon as I found out that you're a girl, it was on. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, like, I I was very addicted to the internet. I was a very shy kid growing up. So mm. being able to connect online to people was great for me because I didn't know how to socialize. But suddenly I was able to talk to whoever I wanted to and I could, mm. you know, show them the best part of who I wanted to be, essentially. But I got my start on the internet like before 2000, I want to say, like just before 2000 or right on 2000 when I was pretty young. I'm pretty sure I started around 98 and I'm pretty sure I was like 13. Yeah. 12 or 13, I think. I want to say that I started around 99, 98 um, when I – let me just double check because I'm not good with my (laughs) age. I feel like once you hit your 30s, everything's a blur. Don't care anymore. Right. I don't know how old I am. I don't care. It's all just going downhill from here, so whatever. I don't know. Like, this is another conversation, but I prefer my 30s to, like, my 20s or my teens. I literally don't give a fuck anymore. It is so freeing. Okay, so I got my – I just did my maths. (laughs) Um, I had my start on the internet when I was 10 and 11. Wow, I guess really young. I was instantly thrown into chat rooms. Oh, yeah, because um, back then uh, MSN like had chat rooms, like public chat rooms that you could go yeah. into. I used to live in those things. I used um, Yahoo chat, Yahoo mm. chat rooms, and it was literally just, like, as you said, like, it's just a chat room. It's full of random people. You don't yeah, know who Anyone can be in there. Yeah. They can say anything. I didn't know better. I was 10 or 11 which is too young to be on chat rooms. It really is. (laughs) But I was there and, you know, I would tell people, like, I didn't know about safety. I was telling people I was 10 or 11. And now that I look back at it, the amount of attention that that, like, that got me is fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And I totally agree. I had a similar experience. Um, Even, you know, being slightly older, it was still... Like I had a lot of adult men talking to me yeah. that I didn't realize was wrong. Right. You would say your age and it was a fucking magnet mm. and you didn't know back then. Like, I mean, you no. don't even know now, but like. And this is the other thing. These things were not moderated at no. all. No, it was literally. No one was watching any of the this. The wild, like, wild west. Like you could yeah. say whatever you yeah. wanted to. You know, it's not like now where if you say like a swear word on YouTube, you, you get banned or something. No, 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 no. Mm. It was nothing like that. None of this no. was moderated. No, there was no like Yahoo stuff. It was insane. When I think back on it, I'm like, I, yeah, I literally don't know how I didn't die. Same. I, well, I don't know if I've told you this story, but like I would have, I would have been like maybe 12 or 13 and I was still chat on chat. Mm. And I don't know when and I don't know how many people I gave them my home address. Yes. To send them so to send me packages. Thinking, yes. you know, being that age where the internet is so shiny and new, well, what are they gonna do wrong? Like they're not gonna come and visit. Yeah. They're obviously in the United States, like how are they and you know, I would chat to these people, I'd give them my address and then I'd fucking forget about it. There was somebody that I gave my address to, my full name 
my address six months later a package turned up at my doorstep full of nail polish makeup just all this gross shit Um, i was probably 13 at best I mean, yeah, I I cringe to think about it now, but I definitely gave people my home address because we, because um, back then, you know, the internet was a novelty, but it was even more of a novelty to send shit to each other in the post. Yeah. And so people did that. And I, I gave people my home address that like lived in like Wollongong, which is like mm. two hours away. Like yeah. not that not that far. Like I lived in Sydney back then and it's like two hours away. They could really could have just come to my house. Well, that's it. And I mean, being the age I was, I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. So I wasn't asking them for their addresses because what the fuck am I going to do with an address? I can't send them anything. Like, (laughs) I don't even have money for stamps at fucking 12. You know? Um, Yeah. Like, I think back on some of this. Okay. I don't think I've ever told you this one either. But the very first person that I ever met from the internet, it would have had to have been within, like, the first year that I was on there. So I was definitely, like, in year seven at school. Mm. Um, and I met up with a guy. I met him at like my suburbs train station because I had to lie to get there. So it didn't seem weird that I was walking into town. Mm-hmm. So he met up, met up with him in my suburbs train station. And then we went to like, I think we went to the video store and just like talked about movies and stuff. But I think back to this now and that guy was easily 30. Right. That's the thing though. Like, man, before I did, before now, I like yesterday, I was talking to my parents on the phone and I was literally going to give them the link to this, <laughs> to our podcast so that they could listen. Cause I don't know, my dad's into true crime and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Um, really, I'm not going to give it to him now because all my secrets are going to come out. Sorry, dad, if in the future you're ever listening to this. But I mean, I could have potentially put all of our lives at risk. Really sorry about that. I mean, it's okay because that didn't happen. Right. Um, you know? And now we've moved and we don't have that address it's anymore fine. for any of you predators that are still <laughs> listening, thinking that you're going to come to my old house. We don't live there anymore. Well, I mean, I'm going to say something about someone that could pen- potentially still be listening because who knows how much he stalks me online. Um, but like my first boyfriend in high school, I was like 15, but I met him online. And I remember like the day that we met up. He actually chickened out. He went there, seen me, and left. And I now realize it's because he was much older than what he was telling me. Mm-mm. So at the time, Ugh. he told me he was 21, which is already too old for a 15-year-old. Yes. Like, way too old, but obviously my 15-year-old brain thought it was excellent. Because like, he yeah, could right. drive, and he, like, had his own place. and you know, you know, He can buy alcohol. Like, exactly. Oh like, <laughs> it was very impressive at that age, but... Um, but he was actually 25. Oh, no. I talked him in, into coming back because I didn't know any of this and I was a dumb 15-year-old. I didn't find out the truth for years later. God damn it. Just all these – this is just – this is literally turned from, like, <laughs> nostalgia hour to horror to hour. danger hour. <laughs> Right. And oh, yeah, like I God. think back on all that stuff and I'm like, what the fuck were you doing? You were an idiot. <laughs> 100%. Like, oh, man. But I mean, and that's the thing, like, that's the thing I kind of want to say, especially in regards to this story, is that we weren't thinking like that back then. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially like being dumb idiot teenagers and, you know, the internet being so new that even, you know, parents weren't thinking it was a danger. Yeah. It was it was just such a different time. Like I can't I can't sort of emphasize that enough. 
Yeah, that's it. And now that I think of it, I think there was times where, you know, I had internet boyfriends and Same. I would get them to talk to my dad to, you know, whatever, whatever. And I don't know, like, just. Yeah, no, I think back to like my internet boyfriends that I never, ever, ever met in real life. I don't know who they really were. Exactly. And. No idea. We'll never know. Although it is making me want to like track some of these guys down now because everyone gave each other their full names. Right? <laughs> so you're like, I know their full names. Now I'm like, after this, I'm getting on Facebook and I'm going to see if I can find them. <laughs> 100%. My God. Man, what a throwback. Yeah, right. While you're, you know, hunting down <laughs> your old e-boyfriends online, people can hunt us down on social oh media. Oh my God, what a segue. Oh, that was so good. Getting good at this beach. <laughs> so you can... Hunt us down on social media, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Our, oh, what are they called? Ats? Handles? Oh, I'm yes. too old for this. At. <laughs> you can at us. <laughs> Devil's Margarita on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you could also send us an email, devilsmargaritapod at gmail.com. Log on to our website to see any show notes and also to see the images. And we'll also have links the interview with Geo 10 from Sonia Ryan and just some other links as well as the Carly Foundation website. Um, if you have kids or, you know, if you're even if you're just a kid yourself, please don't be listening to this podcast. It's not intended for you. Um, yeah, definitely. But if you have found yourself in a position where you don't know if you're getting catfished or you don't know if you're, you're safe, please reach out, which is so important because Amanda and I have put ourselves in horrible situations. Yeah, I was going to say, do not take us as an example. Like, to bring this no. back to a serious note, I know that we were laughing and stuff, but that's how I cope with trauma. Um, 100%. <laughs> everything that we have told you tonight is a warning tale. Like, yeah, they could absolutely. literally package you and I up and put a big old warning tab absolutely. on our foreheads at this point because shit was fucked. Yeah, do no, not like, be it was like very, us. It was very dangerous. The things that we would get ourselves into, and I highly do not recommend. You know, keep yourself safe. And I, you know what? This is not actually just for children. Plenty of adults get catfished as well. Absolutely. You know, like just be careful. If someone you know won't you know video chat you, for an example, just mm -hmm. fucking don't talk to them anymore. Everyone has a camera on their phone. Exactly. It is not no excuses an excuse these days at this point. And. If you are going out to meet someone online, whether you are a teenager or you are an adult that's going mm -hmm. on a Tinder date, please, 100%, please be careful, be safe, tell people where you're going, meet in a public location, share your location yeah. as well. Yes, definitely. That's a big one. When you arrive, share your location. And if you ever do feel like you are un like in a situation that you don't want to find yourself in, please reach out as soon as you can. Find a safe spot, yep. jump on your phone and just reach out because the internet is full of horrible people. Um, and like, you know, it's hard because I'm like, but there's also like a lot of good people. But right. definitely, you know, I, I don't think it's sort of like I'm saying don't talk to people on the internet. I mean, hello, it's 2021. That's impossible. Mm. Um, but, you know, just be careful. You know, yeah. think logically. I mean, I know a lot of people get swept up when they like they meet someone that they really get along with and um, kind of get ca caught up in all that. But just try to think logically. And if something's sus, it probably is. Yeah. Always listen to your intuition. Exactly. 100%. That's our PSA. That's it. That's all <laughs> I've got. 
That's me being responsible. And Lord you know, knows it's taken a while. I was going to say, I'm giving this advice based on the truly stupid things that I did as a kid. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't make the same mistakes I did. <laughs> Let us know if you want us to talk about some horror stories from oh us God. being- Oh my God, I have got so many. <laughs> I could li- I could literally sit here for like two hours with you and just tell you about all of the horrible people that I've met online. Easily. Same. Same. Easily. One hundred percent. I ugh. Yeah. I mean, I won't tell it right now, but I've told you the story before about how I accidentally went out with a convicted attempted murderer. Yeah, that- don't do that. Don't be Amanda. Don't, honestly. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, if you take anything away from this episode, I want you to take that away. To so just mm. be careful in be general. Be safe. Be 100% safe and just just prepare yourself. Be safe and be logical. It'll only take 30 seconds of your time. Yeah. Share your location, please. Tell people where you're going to be. I can't stress yep. that enough. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, you know, I, I'm sure you do this as well, but like I always share my location with Cedar. Mm. Like just in well, case. I don't because I don't leave the house anymore. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I don't either because pandemic. But, um, you know, as a general rule, I just always have my location shared with him. You, know, you never know. Like anything Well, that's happen. it. Absolutely. You never know what situation you're going to find yourself in. So please be yeah, safe, guys. Be safe. Yeah. Um, I also want to apologize because I, I kind of do feel bad that I giggled so much through this episode, which is obviously truly absolutely horrible. I just get uncomfortable and laugh a lot. That's yeah. That's the way I deal with it. I feel like we say this all the time, but every time we yeah. laugh in these episodes, it's not because we find it funny. It's not because we find no, it absolutely not. Uh, amusing or lighthearted. It's just that we try to take the edge off these episodes. Um, I mean, I, it's not even like I'm trying to take the edge off it for the person listening. I'm going to be honest with you. It's selfish. It's taking it off of me. <laughs> like, absolutely. it's just when I don't know how to deal with something or it's too uncomfortable, I laugh. Exactly. And the way that we package these episodes is, yes, we are talking about very, very serious instances and crimes. And a lot of people, there are a lot of people that get hurt and a lot of remaining people that are still hurting from from these instances that we talk about. But we really just want to be able to bring these stories uh, to you guys to make you aware of some of these stories because some of these stories are really really important to tell the carly ryan story is so important to tell as was like you know the daniel morcom absolutely case you know like these ones are just so important and while at times they might be jovial and at times they might be fun there's always that serious message but we just that's how we get through it yeah (laughs) at the end of the day i mean and i also just believe that you know victims of crime that can't speak for themselves anymore definitely deserve their stories to be told absolutely you know i know i apologize for it a lot but it's just because i don't ever want anyone to get the wrong impression and especially if this is like the first time you're listening and you're like what the fuck mm. um you know i just i obviously feel terrible for what happened to her and her family yeah and i wouldn't want anyone to think that i feel otherwise Yeah, and I feel like as time goes on, we'll probably make those statements less. Because, you know, people, like, you guys will get to know us um, and who we are as people and see that we're not fucking assholes. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that is the case of Carly Ryan. She, man, I just, I can't get over how, how, like, just, ugh, I can't, I can't, 
No words. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, I have no idea how to sign this off. So, okay, bye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>